Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And because it is Wednesday afternoon, that means it is time for the DFA show. A little afternoon thing we're doing here on Wednesdays to have a little bit of fun, play some games, introduce you to some new stuff, play a little trivia at the end. Of course, you are all now familiar with Hit for the Cycle. We've got a new thing that we want to debut as a part of this weekly show where we're going to get into which members of the Colorado Rockies are really making differences for your club right now. But we have got to begin with today's main topic, Patrick, something both you and I are are oddly, I think, passionate about if you ask the, the random person out on the street, and that is baseball rules, new rules, potentially new, new rules. And it's always fun for us to talk about these things. Of course, this year, there are a lot of new rules in Major League Baseball, some of which we expect to stick, some of which are clearly implemented uh, just for this season. And we want to take a look at some that could come to a baseball stadium near you in the future. And one of the things that we're really excited to get to do is bring back already a fan favorite game, though we've just barely introduced it, of course, Patrick, and that is Chuck Nasty, Charles Cobb. Oh, yeah. It's it's so fun to think about what Charlie Blackman was like as just a regular old young ball player, wistfully hoping to carve out a career for himself and who he's become today. Just Chuck Nasty, no longer at the top of the lineup, but right there, smack dab in the middle, batting third, right in between Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. And he's just got the swagger and he he's the... He, He's the face of the Rockies in so many ways, as, as far as the national media is concerned. And he's probably just the face of Colorado. I, I would imagine at some point <laughs> yeah. when Colorado decides to get new license plates, they're just going to slap a, a picture of a guy with a mullet and a beard wearing a Rockies cap where you know the, the state flag is somehow emblazoned on the interlocking CR. And that's how you're going to know someone driving through your state is from Colorado because Chuck Nasty... Charlie Blackman is going to be on that license plate. So two totally different people that are in the same body. And we're going to look at a bunch of different rules and say, hey, you know what? Is is that the conservative? Is that the young, wistful Charles Cobb? Or is that the sweet and sassy Chuck <laughs> Nasty? That's, a, that's an ambitious rule that, man, it's, is might be cutting edge. It might be a little crazy. Right. So we'll go ahead and let we're, we're going to let producer Kale throw them at us. We don't know exactly what order these are going to be in. What is the first rule we've got to decide the 30 man roster? OK. All right. That is definitely something that's unique to this season because of the, the particular needs for COVID. On the other hand, Patrick, the rosters were already expanding out to 26 um, de expanding. What is that's not a word. What's the opposite? Uh, <laughs> contracting. Shrinking? That's that's the contracting. word we're looking for. Yeah, um, for September, and we've talked about uh, those rule changes. But in general, I got to tell you here, regardless of the situation, 
I'm full Chuck Nasty on even if Major League Baseball wanted to implement a 30-man roster all the time. I generally think there should be more jobs available. There should be fewer guys who are out there playing because they feel like they have to because they're hurt or, you know, teams being stuck in a situation. Like, say, the Rockies a year ago might have been able to go out and take a flyer on a guy like Daniel Bard, but their roster was all clogged up with these dudes they were paying, which the union would have thrown a big fit if they, you know, had done certain things with. And so I'm I'm full Chuck Nasty, expand the rosters, make them big and bloated. I love it. I didn't think I would agree with you on that. I didn't think it would be very much a, a Chuck Nasty type move, an aggressive change of, of the rosters as we know them. But I'm all in favor for the 30-man rosters, maybe not even for the entirety of the season. Because if you think about right now, Sam Hilliard not getting you know a ton of playing time, and, and you understand why with the shortened season. But if the minor leagues were in action, you would have all the ability in the world to have him continue to play and, and, and apply his craft. Uh, all of these different things. So um, you like the idea where the roster isn't too big, um, but it does allow you to keep some more veteran players around. Matt Kemp, you know, he might not have been able to make a typical 25-man roster or this year, which should have been a 26-man roster. So uh, I'm all for at least expanding it for the first month because think about it. The same parameters exist uh, in the end of July and now in August as does in the beginning of the season in April. Pitchers getting hurt doing too much, not being ready, even after a normal six-week spring training. So if you're going to try to protect these guys, and you're protecting your pocketbook too, because no one wants to pay a guy $10 million, even if he's only in his, his fifth year uh, on your squad and is only in his second year of arbitration, you're going to pay him $10 million, and now he has Tommy John surgery. You're not going to see him for upwards of the next 16 months. Right. So that is right. a major loss. If you have a larger right. roster you're not really going to have that issue, and you can err on the side of caution. Guy goes four or five innings. That's fine. Don't push it. We've got extra bodies in the bullpen. So, yes, Chuck Nasty, 30-man rosters. Let's see more of that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're both in agreement there. And I, and I would agree with you, too, that I think, you know, for the postseason, trim back down to 25 or 26 or, you know, whatever it is. I, I've always stated that I thought the ballooning out to 40 in the most important month of the season was backwards, that it always should have been 40 at the beginning or 30 or 40 is probably excessive at any time. Nobody needs a 40. Only Bruce Boshi ever needed a 40 man roster in the big leagues. Right. So yeah, I think we're, we're both on the same page there. All right. Producer Kale, our next rule. Ooh, 16 playoff teams. Okay. I, okay. I'm going to split the difference on this one. I'm going to need, I'm going to see what Kale's got for me here. See if he can handle this. I'm going to go Chuck Nasty for this year, right? So for 2020, I'm all in on a 16-team playoff team, but it has to go away immediately. I am full, full Charles Cobb, full Charles Cobb on any further expansion of the postseason and any normal 162. The second wild card is already kind of pushing it. I'd be okay with a, with minimal expansion, but yes. Give me Charles Cobb every day, clean shaven, button up. I mean, maybe you undo just the top button, uh, if you will, but but that's it, right? So <laughs> if there's a way that you can figure out to have, you know, uh, two wild card games, and then the winner of those play a one game wild card game, okay, boom, maybe, you know, that means you open it up to seven teams. Not really necessary, but ultimately 16 is, is a bit fit. excessive. 
Yeah. Right. Sixteen is, is is a bit excessive for only having thirty teams. Even if they even when expansion comes and you got thirty two teams, having half of the league make the playoffs, I think that it ends up really almost hurting uh, the excitement of the the typical July thirty first trade deadline because now right. you've got so many teams thinking, hey, you know, we could punch a lottery ticket here and, and maybe we don't win the World Series, but we don't want to give the wrong message to our fans because if you're in the hunt and you don't really want to be in the hunt. That is a real strange message to send to your fans. So right. I think baseball definitely should should look to go away from this uh, in the future CBA. Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, it really is just one of the skills of baseball is surviving the grind. And and if you start taking away the rewards for doing that and and rewarding people for not being as competitive and not going out and, and aggressively trying to win baseball games. Cause you might just end up in the postseason anyway. Like that's, yeah. that's not, that's not good for the game. That's not a good place. All right. So I think we both mostly agreed on that. We're going to have to find ways to disagree to make this game a little more interesting. Let's see what, <laughs> what Kale's got for us next. I got to feel, okay. Ghost. Right, we're not going to agree on this ghost runner and extras. We will not we're, agree on this. I hate this. <laughs> I hate it. So much. I hate it. I be, I do, I, can someone put that? Eric, put that on a shirt. However, I just spelled that. Use what? your words, Drew. Use your words. Why do you hate extra innings kind of being sped up so you don't have these 17-inning marathons like we had last year in San Francisco where people are staying up to 1.30 in the morning, coming in groggy-eyed, falling asleep at the wheel? That can't be a good thing. I mean, that sounds bad, and it was. <laughs> it, was it was horrible. Uh, but it just, I cannot get past this one, Patrick. I am full Charles Cobb. This is not baseball. Old man, get off of my lawn. Full Charles Cobb on this one. Because the most difficult thing in the late innings in a tie ball game is getting that first guy on, in my opinion. I'm with uh, Fernando here saying that's Little League stuff, man. That, like, you got to get three outs. That is the whole, like, we talk about so much. There's no clock in the game, right? It's always your three outs, your 27 for the nine, whatever it is. But if it's still tied at that point, then you still got to get your three outs. And if you're putting a guy automatically at second, then you don't. Two fly balls to relatively deep outfield. You don't have to get a base hit. You don't have to work in at bat. A couple of ground balls to the right side, and the game is over. And to me, it's just not. And I would even go, like, if, if you're going to do that, go the other way. We've talked about this before. Just have a home run derby. If you're going to change the game for extras, then really go full on and change it because this gives it the veneer of still being actual baseball. And and it's not that's it's such an incredible disadvantage for the pitcher to just have an automatic guy at second base unless you wanted to also then say well you have only got to get two outs you know then i could maybe come back around say oh chuck nasty rear and say oh two outs put a guy at second but then yeah i just don't like the idea that it's so easy to get that run in without getting a base hit at all all right my preface is this is that eventually at some point i will get to an age in which i will contact certain uh, people here in, in the state of Colorado and get into an old-timey baseball league where I've got long-sleeved wool button-up. Some of them even have zippers, uh, an old-timey outfit and a, and a you know soft-billed cap. 
and play a baseball game without a glove on my hand defensively and use a almost a two by four to hit with. I love baseball. I love the history of the game. Uh, I'm all for the the tradition. That being said, Chuck Nasty on this one. Ugh. I'm in, I'm in favor of speeding the game up just a little bit and and letting the people these poor ushers these poor people working working you know yeah. the concession stands and sure. you know there's a lot of people that get impacted by these long games including the players in the press box mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right yeah maybe i'm a little biased in that way but and, and i love a long game like that's exciting right that's compelling but at a certain point it does get a little boring like i like sometimes i i find there to be quality in quantity right and so you get to the 18th inning you go well now this is quality because of it lasts so long but i wouldn't begrudge anyone for tapping out in the 11th inning and going well this is stupid i never know when this is going to end i got to move on with my life well you can have all of that by just putting that runner on second base and now it's about well pitch really well and the other team doesn't score, and then sure, two sack flies, which is easier said than done, and you you win the ball game. But it's not as simple as just two sacrifice flies because you got to ensure the other team doesn't score as well. And there's a lot there's a lot of compelling um, you know moments within that where it's it's very dire. You're creating a much more dire situation with that. So uh, I'm I'm in favor of that one. I would like to see something like that stick around. Mm. Oh, it kills me. KJ dropping some facts on my side here coming in. The vendors are closed after the seventh inning, man. Uh, all right. Universal DH. Uh, this is one we've talked about a lot. And so I think the audience probably knows where I'm going with this one because uh, I've become such a convert on this one. I am Chuck Nasty. We, we got to bring it. We, the days of pitchers hitting are sadly probably not at an end, probably near an end. We may see it return for one year next year, which would be remarkably silly. But still, I do think it's just best for the competitive balance of baseball, as I've said many times before. Uh, the National League being at a disadvantage, particularly the Colorado Rockies being able to, I think, gain an advantage. And we've already seen it this year, what the Rockies offense can do when they're able to give some guys extra rest as we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, Charlie Blackman's going to DH again. You don't want to take a guy who's hitting 390 out of your lineup, but maybe get him off his legs for the full thing. You got to get Tapia back out there, run around in that outfield a little bit, see what he can do. That's what they've done. And what Matt Kemp, you just see it. It's so clear. So um, there is a part of me. I was going to say the 15 year old self. No, no, no. Like my 26 year old self is mad at me for this, but still. Full Chuck Nasty. The universal DH probably could have more impact on on the Colorado Rockies than any other team in baseball, particularly because they they're in the, they're in the National League. So that now puts the other uh, fifteen National League teams kind of in a group together. And then again, because of what Coors Field is, and as you said, Drew Matt Kemp being a guy that you know might not be on this roster. If, if we're not for the universal DH. So right. I'm all for, for Chuck Nasty, uh, partially because Chuck Nasty may be the DH of this team <laughs> in, in say, the next yeah. couple of years. But imagine, you know, the, the likes of, of Albert Pujols maybe finishing up his career in purple, hitting his 700th career home run, right? Just, okay, just I'll contributing. Imagine that. I'll close. Okay, say it again, though. Say it slower. Now batting. <laughs> 
Albert Pujols, the designated hitter. Was he and number five? He's a number five, right? Number five. Although number Cargo five. is five, so he might have to wear it. He might not it's get not that retired one. Or 55? He could go 55. Yeah. Boom. Smack, smacks one out to, to the Helton Burger and the, the mm. left field concourse, and you have a swarm of people going after that ball. Some lucky DNVR subscriber catches it, is able to maybe auction it off for a couple hundred thousand dollars, or maybe even just gets to meet Pujols and says, hey, sign a jersey for me, give me a bat. The Monford say, hey, you know what, we're going to give you a lifetime season pass to Coors Field for giving this ball over to Albert Pujols. Like, that is historic, and, and there's any number of guys right now that eventually will, will come to the end of his rope and, and the end of their career, like Mike Trout. He won't be playing forever, but maybe, right. just maybe, when his contract is up, or even when he's up to uh, or down to his final year or two, the Colorado Rockies swing a deal because, hey, guess what? They've got the DH. So it, right. the, the combinations and possibilities are endless. So, yeah, we're, we're on the same page. Universal DH is, is great. All right, Kale, what's the next one for us? Three batter minimum. I don't need to rehash this one either. I hate this. I totally hate this. I, I, yeah, yeah. Full Charles Cobb. Stop changing things about baseball that don't need to be changed. Let managers make their own mistakes. That's all I, it's, that's all I got. This is a tough one. I, I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle of the two, but I, from what we've seen so far in 2020, I'm Chuck Nasty on this one, and I didn't think I was going to be simply because I haven't really seen any impact of this three-batter minimum so far this season, where managers are still pretty much able to do whatever they want. They're just not able to bring in a guy for one batter and move on to another guy for another batter or two batters, and it just slows down that pace of game, makes it a lot less enjoyable you know, for the fans to watch. It's kind of quite ironic that they do this rule to speed the game up to make it more enjoyable, not only for the fans at home, but for the fans in the, in the stadium. And yet there are no fans in the stadium. So sure. uh, I, I think, I think, yeah, you could, you could use this rule effectively, maybe even make a, a tweak somewhere uh, along the line, but uh, I don't find it as offensive as I originally thought I was going to. Fair enough. I'm not sure I do either, but I still just think it's completely unnecessary. And I think on the, on balance, like, Guys are going to hit a lot. So anyway, yeah, we've hashed that one out quite a bit. All right, Kale, what do we got lining up next? Okay, now we're into these ideas that have been uh, floated around out there in the world. We have seen this at the Atlantic League. Is that correct, Patrick, where they had first? And and it goes kind of hand in hand with another one we're going to talk about. I think Uh, the electronic strike zone is something that they experimented with there and as a part of a balance to i guess not having to frame or even having to necessarily stay behind home plate right they've made it or they experimented with the idea that batters could steal first (laughs) on the catcher on a strikeout well yeah ultimately no stealing first i mean that's what happens when you when you strike out and the catcher drops the ball essentially that happens nowadays but the idea that the atlantic league because they're floating all kinds of different things out there much like baseball is doing this year right we we just talked about those six things and these next three things we're going to talk about is rules that exist out there in the world and maybe should baseball consider it i think they shouldn't consider this one uh and i'm sure we're on the same page but the idea would be at any point if the pitcher throws a wild pitch 
you could run down to first right. base. I, now, I should have said not on a strikeout because you can right. do it on a strikeout before. So now it's it's doing it not on a strikeout at any point during that at bat when something like that occurs. Absolutely, yeah. So again, if if you've got a wild pitcher up there, again, it it still makes it vitally important that you have a comp a competent backstop to catch it. Otherwise, if you got a fast runner, especially if he's a left-handed hitter, guy like Juan Pierre. You know, ball just gets in the dirt, and you know there's no way this catcher is going to do anything with it. Boom, you just take off on the first pitch. You stole first base. Interesting, exciting. Don't I think it would take a while for the players to really adopt it. The players in the Atlantic League really didn't like doing that uh, because they're independent ball players and they're not making a lot of money. You know, uh, much like the the players who come from the Dominican Republic, you have to they're hit your way off the island. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> you have to hit your way off the island, not walk. So, hey, this guy's really great at stealing first base. Cool. That's not in the big leagues. So enjoy, you know, getting paid $57 a week playing down there. So uh, I would say, yeah, Charles Cobb on that one for me. I, I don't think MLB yeah. will implement that one. Yeah, we're, we're both full Charles Cobb on that one for sure. For sure. All right, what is the next one? The seven-inning doubleheaders. Mm. This, honestly, this is this is maybe my version of what you were saying about the three-batter minimum. I don't hate this, even though uh, I don't think we've seen it yet, um, as much as I thought I would. Um yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm fa- I'm in favor of it. I'm going in. I'm going Chuck Nasty. I talked myself into it without even really saying any words. I I like it. Let's do it. More seven. And in fact, I I could see this being a, a sort of a compromise between those of us who you know don't want there necessarily to be less baseball and those who like think the pace of play issue is a problem and the season you know does get too long at times. But we're not going to take games away. So maybe if we you know, there's still games, but we have a couple of scheduled seven inning double headers throughout the season. I honestly think I could get on board with that because it could help keep these guys healthy. I'm going to go Charles Cobb, a little, little more of a, a traditionalist in that sense. You know, I, I, I don't like it. Um, we haven't seen it that much. Uh, I think it could be you know, done well. And I'm, I'm sure it will be fine. And we've had guys throw complete game shutouts, you know, in, in, in shortened starts, I think. Uh, Eddie Butler even has one where it was, yeah. it was a complete game shutout. It was five innings. So, I mean, again, you can you can put those things in context. And even with a, a seven-inning complete game shutout, you are not going to have Garrett Cole, you know, even approach Walter Johnson's all-time record. So it, it's not as if the game is really going to be changed that much for it. But ultimately, uh, I'm going to say no. I want to see for all nine innings. I don't want to see a ghost runner in the eighth inning, Drew. That's the other thing, too. Eighth inning. Put a guy out on second base. That's crazy. No, that's, that's, <laughs> come, what are we doing out there? All right. <laughs> Kel, what are we, that last one. Designated runner for the catcher. Okay, so this is an interesting one that, again, I, I hadn't really thought of, Patrick. You would explain this to me, um, the idea of just literally anytime your, your catcher gets on, he doesn't have to run the bases. You put a guy in there for him, you save some knees and legs and stuff. And again, there's a part of you that goes, well, that's not quite baseball, but there's another part of you that goes, they're human beings and stop trying to make sure these guys can't walk by the time they're 40. Yeah, this was a rule I've, I've seen in New Jersey, Colorado as, as an umpire uh, when I was doing high school baseball. And it ultimately was a rule implemented to speed the game up. 
uh, partially because catchers can take a while for them to put their equipment on, and you can't just have you know some some 14 year old kid get behind the plate with just a helmet on to catch you know his pitcher at the start of the next inning, right? Someone's someone's going to get hurt, right? They but they don't have really have that issue in Major League Baseball. Elias Diaz doesn't need to wear any equipment. You know, to catch John Gray, you know, warming up uh, at the top of the third inning because Tony Walters made the last out. That's kind of a non-issue. But getting back to what you said, I think it's a way that you could help save runners' knees. Uh, you've got the designated hitter already to prevent pitchers from, you know, looking unathletic and getting hurt doing something that they don't typically do. Uh, and while catchers, they're running when they hit the ball, I think it could just be a way to, you know, save some of those guys' careers. Uh, because there's knees just get you know beat up, and I think catchers certainly would be in favor it, uh, in favor of it in many ways. And again, it um, depending on the details of such a, a new rule, should MLB implement it, it could create an opportunity for a you know a really fast guy that maybe doesn't have a good bat like a Terrence Gore or Billy Hamilton, and you know they got a new you created a new spot. Uh, on the bench uh, for a guy just with that skill. So that could be an interesting one I I, I could see uh, get implemented in the future. So I would say Chuck Nasty on that. Yep, yep. we're both full full Chuck Nasty on that, which is interesting because it was something I hadn't even heard of until yesterday. I think I, was, I actually like that. All right, last one for us, Kale. Automated strike zone. Anyone want to take a wild guess where... I land on, do we have a Chuck nasty picture? That's got hit, like a full Gandalf. Can we do that? We need like a third level of this. We need a, a picture of Ian McKellen out there. Full Gandalf. I could not want this more. I, I would have suggested one of, of Charlie Blackman and his fishing waders and just doing fly <laughs> fishing. That's like super Charlie Blackman as Chuck nasty as it gets. Yeah. Drew, this might shock you. Uh, I'm Charles Cobb on that. I'm fine without having an automated strike zone. You're allowed to be uh, wrong about things. That's okay. Thank you. I do appreciate that yeah. leeway. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think we're going to get the technology eventually to to do something like that, but it does really worry me about, you know, Little League Baseball. You know, they, they, they watch the games, and they understand that, you know, they don't have instant replay when you're 10, 12 years old playing on, on small diamonds in your local town. Um, but I don't know what that means for balls and strikes if if – Ultimately, the the future of umpiring is completely washed away. What kid is ever going to want to, you know, umpire a game? Because, well, I'm I'm obviously going to suck at it. They don't even let the umpires umpire. You just call, you know, out and safe in the field, and even then, it can be overruled. So I I think that, you know, we'll find umpires, but it it does worry me about that one aspect of the game going forward. Um, you know, from 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 that perspective, but. I, I think if you just do a better job with your evaluation systems on the umpires uh, and they have a little bit more training and, and you just kind of require them to stay in a certain bit of shape, get their eyes tested, et cetera, et cetera, you can accomplish the exact same thing without implementing all this you know, different technology, which could potentially be skirted around, which we know is, uh, has been the thing with, with these strike zones. Yeah, no, none of that's right, but that's okay. We're gonna move on. <laughs> yeah, no, all, all of that, all of that is completely incorrect, but that's that's fine. Uh, th they'll get over it. 
Uh, all right, before we move on to this next new bit we got to do here, which is going to be fun, I got to remind everybody to pick up that 15-can Mile High Copper Lager, Mile High City Copper Lager, excuse me, show a little respect here and get it right. You got to call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. You got to use that code DNVR because you'll save five bucks off both the food and the beer. You know it's delicious. You love it. We love it. And another thing that we love is WGT Golf, which you can download totally for free at dnvrgolf.com. Loved by over 20 million players around the world. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world-famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach and Beth Page Black. You can compete head-to-head with uh, players and DNVR community members from around the world. You can challenge just about any of us here on the DNVR staff. You can engage in weekly weekend tournaments. And like I said before, totally for free. So download it today at dnvrgolf.com. All right, Patrick, we are very excited here. And now to debut our new favorite, favorite, the best new favorite segment. <laughs> Something we're going to be doing here each week. We're calling 20th and Blaze Street. That's right. Who's on fire for your Colorado Rockies? But there's a little bit of a wrinkle to it here. Caveat. We, we got to exclude some guys. Here's the thing. You know certain guys got to perform for your Rockies to compete. It's true of every team, right? Your star players have to play well. If you don't, you're not going to compete. We all know that. You know what you're going to get out of the four all-stars from a year ago. Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, David Dahl. Can assume that. And you pretty much know what you're going to get from John Gray and Harman Marquez, even though, again, they're all, they're blooming and, and growing. You know they're vital to the success of the team. And we're going to throw Kyle Freeland in there as well. Maybe the most debatable one that we're putting into the assumed core here. But again, those are the people, those seven players you know are the linchpin of the Colorado Rockies. If they're going along, there's a chance that they're, they're in competition, right? So it's that next group of players. Who's next that's going to determine whether or not they can win the NL West or at least be in a really good position at the end of the postseason for a high seed now that the playoffs are working differently. Uh, I'm going to have to get used to that whole terminology as well. Um, so Patrick... We're, we're going to, it, it's kind of like in uh, Wheel of Fortune. I'm dating myself here. It's like people like, on what now? What was the who? Uh, if anyone recalls back in the day, R-S-T-L-N-E, we're excluding the most common letters. We're excluding the four all-stars and the three starting pitchers, you know. The next group of players, five members who get to be welcomed to 20th and Blaze Street. Right. We, we essentially did this at the beginning of the season in our a quest for the asterisk baseball preview where we had the definitive five and, and we did that with the assumed seven. Let's forget about them. Who are the guys that we think over the course of the season are going to be vital to the Rockies? And from five to one, it was Tony Walters, Wade Davis, <laughs> Daniel Murphy, Antonio Senzatella, and Ryan McMahon. And we think in many ways those things are true. But this 20th and Blaze, uh, we're going to look at just who's hot right now and ultimately. Who are they going to need to continue to be hot going forward? And while some of those guys might cool off, new players will step up. So we can kind of update your rankings and make you feel good at the water cooler 
you know, each and every Thursday morning when you say, yeah, of course Nolan looked great last night, but you know who really is picking up this pace? Boom. That's what we're going to do right now. Here's our top five. Right, we got a number five. Ooh, Check it Chris out. Owens. Newcomer surprise of the season so far, I think, for just about everybody. Chris Owings, guy, veteran, picked up. Uh, you know, he's got a career batting average under 200, only a handful of home runs in his career. A, a defense and speed guy who we know can play all over the diamond, but was not expected to contribute offensively. And he has a big homestand so far for Chris Owings, including what amounted to a game-winning home run. Really good stuff so far out of Chris Owings. Yeah, his walk rate has been down. Uh, his strikeout rate, you would like for it to be a little bit better, but he's a guy hitting seventh and eighth in the lineup. And, you know, he's got, he scored as many runs as your leadoff hitter, David Dahl. So, you know, he's he's just been kind of doing it. You know, we, we saw it on Monday where, he was on, uh, I think it was on first base on a double, and he ended up coming around to score uh, because it was just a, just a general heads-up play. So he's been the almost the veteran version of Garrett Hampson, and we'll see Hampson on this list eventually at some point during the year. But for right now, after the first week-plus of the season, Chris Owings has been vital, especially against those left-handed pitchers when you can't be starting Tapia, McMahon, Hilliard, all those guys in a row. You got to mix it up a little bit. And Owens has done a solid job for the Rockies. Absolutely. And at number four, the man who has pitched in all but two games for the Colorado Rockies so far this season. And for that reason alone, he belongs on the list. Uh, not all of them have been dominant. In fact, I'm not sure any of them have been dominant yet. But Carlos Estevez has been a rock and in the center of a very tumultuous bullpen so far. For sure, yeah. He's he's had some uh, wonky outings where he's putting guys on base, but, man, him, and better than than anyone I've, I've seen, Jairo Diaz is up there too, but he can get out of those jams and, and those high-intensity situations, whether he creates it or not. You know, he's just been so valuable. And, and like you said, he, he played six of the first eight games, so Bud Black obviously is counting on him in such a major way. And we've had these discussions before about your best uh, reliever doesn't need to be your closer because those big spots could come up anywhere from the 6th, 7th, and 8th. And Bud Black has been going to Carlos Estevez, and Estevez has been producing in that spot so far. Yes, indeed. All right. At number three, Dan the Man, so far, at least on this home stand, Murphy getting a whole lot of hits out there, uh, getting a, a home run much quicker. If you'll recall last year, no, it was probably around this same time around the, <laughs> in the season after many, many more games played that Daniel Murphy hit his first home run at Coors Field uh, has already done that so far. Uh, just really looks like the guy that was advertised when the Rockies first picked him up. Yeah, batting 345, 46 on base percentage, 517 slugging, and while none of us would have really expected at the beginning of the season, he's outproducing Ryan McMahon. So he's been getting the bulk of the starts over there at first base. So you like to see him finally being that player that the Rockies decided to sign in the first place in the 2018-19 season. He's healthy now. Dave Magan has talked all about it. We, we, we highlighted it in that season preview of the Divinity Five, and Murphy's been clutch he's been protecting nolan arenado 
And I think that's that's yep. you know one of the reasons why you still see Story and Blackman scoring so many runs is because while Arenado's still trying to figure it out, Murphy has been there to kind of pick him up. Yeah, it's it's just been great so far. Number two could have argued for number one, and we bu- we believed this was going to be the case. You said actually number two is, is where he was at on our preseason different version of this but similar ideas antonio senzatella who has emerged victorious in both games that he has pitched out of the fourth rotation spot and especially in that second outing looked really really sharp showcasing the things we wanted to see the fastball sticking up there at 96 touching 97 the curve and slider having much more movement and depth than they ever did before because of a change in his grip and mechanics the location, still not always the best, um, but boy, did he flirt with a truly great start his last time out against the Padres. Yeah, he came to both spring and summer camp in the best shape of his life, and it's it's starting to show it, right? He, I think the best is still yet to come, but in, in a rotation where Marquez and Gray, you know what they're going to do. Freeland, you hope you know what he's going to do. You still need four guys that's what they had in 17. That's what they had in 2018. They did not have that at all last season, and you saw it in their, their win-loss record. So it's going to be vital for someone outside of those top three starting pitchers to step up. And we said it was going to be Antonio Sensatella, and so far he's been proving that, and I think that is one of the main reasons why they're 8-2 and two through the first 10 games. Absolutely, and if you're looking for the offensive equivalent of the Antonio Senzatella for your Colorado Rockies. Was it Ryan McMahon how we thought it would be before this? Not yet. No, it's been the old man, the newcomer we had to put at number one on the 20th and Blaze Street squad, the debut squad, the DH Matt Kemp hitting yonkers at Coors Field, driving in runs in other ways, putting together good at bats, just showing that he's the veteran offensive presence that's exactly what the Rockies were hoping for when they took a flyer on him precisely he already has two home runs Uh, only Trevor Story has more he has eight RBI only Charlie Blackman has more and in fact um, I believe his streak right now is six straight games in which he has started he's had an RBI so he's just been been so clutch uh, specifically against the lefties and just providing you know the bat that you hoped he would and all he has to do is kind of continue this pace that he's on right now. Even if he takes a step back, that'll be fine because Arenado will have bumped it up a notch. We still haven't seen the best from Trevor Story. As we said, David Dahl hasn't been terribly productive yet. So uh, Kemp has been just vital to this team on the offensive side. And it, it is strange to hear Rockies fans, but Matt Kemp has been the savior so far. It. It's just a weird thing to hear out loud. And <laughs> it's just like, wait, the guy that used to absolutely terrorize them every single year forever and ever and ever. Yeah, that's the guy that's right now, maybe arguably, again, outside of the core and maybe even not that far outside of the core. If you put starting pitching aside, been the driving force behind this eight and two start. What a yeah, he's debut for Matt Kemp. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, you know, he watching him in the the summer camp, you know, just seeing him just jog, it looked like maybe his his lower half really wasn't there for him and 
you know, kind of maybe appeared his age in a lot of ways. And you think, ah, maybe what happened last year was was more of, of who Matt Kemp is and as opposed to 2018. The Marlins didn't want him. Ah, oh, man, all right. You might as well take a shot at it. And you know what? Even if he doesn't do anything for the remainder of the season, you've got so much production out of him already that it was worth it, right? Because even if it all goes downhill from here, you cut your losses and say, Matt, thank you for your service, but you can go ahead and move on to somebody else that is going to produce. But again, I think he's almost already exceeded expectations in many ways. Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely amazing. So if you think you... If you believe any of these people are going to remain totally hot, you're very confident in it, or you keep seeing the fact that DraftKings Sportsbook has <laughs> continues to put Hermen Marquez and the strikeout over under there at 5.5, and so therefore you would like to make some free money. Well, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR because it gives you a boost on a bet of 20 bucks to win 100 on any team of your choosing whether you're betting on teams to win and lose games whether you're taking the over unders on runs scored you think certain players it's still probably not too late to get pretty decent odds on uh, trevor story to lead the league in runs something we talked about early charlie blackman to lead the league in hits that those odds might be a little bit tougher now uh, so you want to get in early on this action and again to do that you got to download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app and use code dnvr when you sign up for a limited time, all users get that special odds boost bet, uh, $20 to win 100 on any team of your choosing. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now and we my, are very excited. Oh, yeah, get in. Oh, get in. I was going to tell you. So, again, to, to, to put our money where our mouth is quite literally, real quick, pick of the week tonight. Nolan Arenado has homered in two straight games, so that means that means Trevor Story is due for one. <laughs> due no for doubt one. about it. Those guys are so competitive. That's right. He is a lock. That is guaranteed to happen. You're going to win plus 335. That is your pick of the week. Trevor Story to homer Wednesday night against, well, could be against any of the Giants players, but look for it early against Logan Webb, their starter. Pick of the week, Story home run. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Now it is time to play hit for the cycle. Look at those. Look at those beautiful mugs right there. Look at us. Look at the. Oh, it looks like we may have lost Jay. Oh, no, we had him and we lost him. All right. He's back in. It looks like we've got Jay Wire. Howdy. How how you now look at now we were saying Charlie Blackman is the face of Colorado, but you, sir, you, sir, may have him beat. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm pretty proud of my beard. Uh, I didn't style it today. I didn't realize I'd be on uh, the show. So surprise appearance. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So from here forward, we will be calling you Jay Nasty because you just got the <laughs> resemblance. So that's fantastic. Like so. So Jay, what tell us about your your Rockies fandom? You know, how long have you been a fan? Who's your favorite player? Uh, you know, I uh, so really my fandom started with uh, my grandma. She watches every single Rockies game. Um, actually, she watches everything single Denver sports game, uh, but specifically the Rockies. Um, and so you know, I have been a casual fan for a long time. 
Um, uh, and I really got into baseball when I joined uh, DNVR uh, just a couple years ago. Um, I joined for the Broncos and the Avalanche, and then I just kind of rode it everywhere else. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Very nice. not only was that a cool story, it's also a little bit of market research feedback we got right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How the DNVR stuff is working. So let's get into it, Jed. I don't know if you've seen the game before, but it's four <laughs> trivia questions. Uh, you, you know, the single, the double, the triple, the home run, two of them will be based around the Rockies. Two of them will be just about baseball in general. And you've got the option to either have a little bit of help from the audience here. I can give you a hint or we can make any one of them multiple choice. Cool. All right. So your first question of the day, your single is going to be one. I feel pretty confident you got this one. It is what is the only team to clinch a World Series victory in Colorado? Uh, it has to be the Red Sox. It would have to be the Red Sox. That's right. Very good. Yeah, 2007. Yeah, won those two games there. Two doesn't want to talk about that. So I guess I don't remember. I don't remember uh, that. I, I do not recall yeah. that occurring. You don't know nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can understand that. I couldn't get tickets, and neither could anybody else. That's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very true. All right, so we're going for a double here. So this will be general baseball knowledge. And the question is this. Where is the Baseball Hall of Fame? Where is it located? Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Remember, you've got, you've got in, plenty of lifelines. You're thinking it out. I, I won't accept any answers, but talk it out. What are you thinking so far? I'm pretty sure. So I know the uh, football one is in Canton, Ohio, but I'm 90% sure that the baseball one is in New York, right? Um, or at least New York State. Uh, I want to oh. say it's like, oh, go on. No, pes pesky city names. As properly enough, you're in the ballpark. If we're, yes. <laughs> I'll tell you that you're, it is in New York. We just need to know what's uh, mm. okay. Uh, let's think through some cities here. Um, I mean, I know Albany is the capital of New York. Um, I know you know this one. That's geography, so I'll yeah, say that's yes. geography. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will. I will tell you. Sorry. I will tell you that the the city was made uh, quite popular and famous uh, by the great uh, author James Fenimore Cooper. Uh, I will say that. Is the city actually called Cooperstown? Right, because that's the nickname for it. Final answer. That is my final answer. Yeah. Correct. Jay Nasty coming in late. I there. always thought it was a, a nickname too. I always it sounded too much like a thing you call the place. Oh, we're going to Cooperstown, like Disneyland, or you know, yeah, some nonsense like that. But like, no, it's actually the name of the city. I yeah. I thought for sure it was uh, the nickname after some commissioner from like the nineteen you know teens or something. But right. okay, cool. That's a real place. Awesome. It's a real place. I yes. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Now, now this is bumping up a little bit here. This is bumping up. Uh, on August seventh, this player, and this is uh, two thousand seventeen. On August seventh, okay. two thousand seventeen, this player recorded his three thousandth hit 
in Denver. He was just the 31st player to have ever reached the milestone. He joined Paul Molitor as the only player to have tripled for number 3,000. So going back to 2017, a legendary player who just recently retired. He hit a triple, got his 3,000th hit. All right. Um, this is a tough so, one. This uh, more challenging. Yeah, this one's tough. Um, it wasn't a Rockies player, right? It was uh, someone playing against the Rockies. Yeah, no Rockies uh, player has had 3,000 hits so yet. Working good. I like your process right. of elimination. Yep. Uh-huh. I like your thinking. It's good. Uh, can I uh, use one of my lifelines? Uh, I believe, uh, you know, the uh drew uh help hint or something can get, give you a hint here all right okay a creaseman clue well you know based on your magnificent beard i might wrongfully or rightfully conclude uh that you're a motorcycle guy i don't know you're a motorcycle guy at all uh i i do not currently own one but i i've watched a motorcycle race in my day Okay. All right. You seem like, and again, I could be right. I could be wrong here. Maybe a Harley Davidson guy. Again, you've got that look about you. Harley Davidson kind of guy. But me, I'm more of a Suzuki fan. Oh, okay. When it, com- when it comes to motorcycles. Suzuki, okay. Suzuki, I think, is really, I think Suzuki is pretty great. Uh, I think Suzuki knows what's up. Uh, yeah, Suzuki. So okay. you're not going to help him at all. You're not going to. You're not going to help no, him at all. He has to, it's about a baseball question. About oh, it's a side thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, I'm guessing that there is a player named Suzuki. <laughs> uh, just uh, going to take a wild guess. Your final answer uh, is Mr. Suzuki. That is my final guess. There, judges, we will accept it. Yes, uh, Mr. Suzuki, Ichiro uh, Suzuki. Uh, Ichiro. Uh, okay. Very. I didn't know that was shoes. in Colorado. That's cool. Yeah, I was very. Uh, that that was a uh, that was a fantastic game. I actually had seats in right field for that. And when I go back and and, and watch the highlights, I actually can. I was wearing a light blue cap, so I can see myself there. That was pretty it's a pretty cool moment. All right, down to our fourth and final. We're going for the home run. We're trying to hit for the cycle. And it's not going to be easy, but let's give it a shot. So far, I haven't known the final question (laughs) any of these times. (laughs) So, All right. So the question is this. Jim Tatum very famously hit the first Grand Slam in Rockies history during a pinch hit at bat on May 4th, 1993. Your question is, what player has the most Grand Slams in baseball history? Wow. Wow. Um, Because you always just talk about like regular home runs. You never talk about right. specifically grand slams. Right. Um, can I use uh, another of my lifelines here and uh, get yeah, a multiple choice? Absolutely. Yes. Let's get these going here. So I will say the the It's going to be a bunch record. of dudes who just hit a bunch of yaks, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, it may be. Hey, you, you got to earn your keep. The record is 25. Actually, I should have asked, you know, does that seem like a lot, Drew? 25? 25 grand slams in a career is a lot, yeah. Okay. I mean, just to come up with the bases loaded that many times, I feel like. So so a lot of that has to do with opportunity. 
yeah. and the length in which you played in the game. Okay. All right. Yeah. So your four choices for the player with the most grand slams in baseball history are Jason Giambi, Alex Rodriguez, Hank Aaron, and Joe DiMaggio. Whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is for a sticker pack and no food today, Drew. You're safe. All Just right. the sticker pack, yes. Okay. Just the sticker uh-huh. pack. So I feel like if it was Hank Aaron, everyone would bring it up every time, you know, everybody wears the 17. Um, just because okay. it'd be a cool fact. Um, if it was Alex Rodriguez, I feel like every Yankees fan would bring it up. Um, just... <laughs> I like the logic there. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Jason Giambi and Joe DiMaggio, also things. Yankees guys. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Yankees fans just like to talk about their World Series most and how Derek Jeter is the greatest player of all time. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two uh, most prevalent topics. doesn't seem... I guess I could, yeah. I could see any of these, but I, I don't think... Yeah, DiMaggio played. Yeah, um, so I think it has to be one of the newer guys. Um, I'm gonna have to ask Kale see if he knows. Especially in a league with like the DH, the one thing. Okay, I think of yeah, I think about this. I, Kale, I what do you think about this? <laughs> I would. Uh, you're googling, would, dude. You're. you're I, I would I know strongly. Your style. I didn't Google. I yeah, didn't you Google. Did. <laughs> I didn't I Google. trust Kale. How dare you? Sir. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got? Fine. I won't. It. I won't help. No. No help. Oh. Oh, 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 oh no. Super producer Kale. No. Oh, no. He's, He's out there. No. Come on. I, I would. Uh, I would recommend that uh, you would pick someone who is in a relationship with uh, a certain singer. <laughs> oh, like oh, a Marilyn a Monroe. Rock. Like a Marilyn Monroe. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Man. Ariana Grande Giambi. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Um. All right. So Jay Nasty, we're gonna need an answer here. What player has had the most career Grand Slams? The number is twenty-five. Who is uh, that man? I'm gonna guess Alex Rodriguez. Then, right. You are correct, sir. Yes, Alex Rodriguez does have the all-time record. We need some air horns and stuff. For Grand Salamis. It was Lou Gehrig forever. And uh, then I think Manny Ramirez actually topped that mark. And finally, Alex Ooh, wow. Rodriguez. That's right. A-Rod. Yeah, I was starting to think, too, especially like with the DH and stuff, those older guys are going to have a hard time having as many at-bats with the bases loaded and stuff. So... <laughs> Right on, Jay. Thank you so much, Jay. Oh, Wire. Awesome. We're gonna call you call you by the full thing, Jay Wire. Thank you so much for participating. Thank you so much for your beard, and I will hit you up uh, with the uh, info when we can get you a sticker pack, man. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Jay. All right, he done did it. He done hit for the cycle with with a bit of an assist from the producer there. It's like how many? So who is right? Who who is right? You Which for one? trusting him or me for not? 
Huh? You were right. I, um, I, never... <laughs> I, I just talking to the reason I know that is his specific comment. Yankees fans would bring it up all the time. They do bring it up all the time. Touche, <laughs> oh, touche. Do we've just gotten much better at toning them out over the years? Fair. You know what? That's a good comeback. That's fair. Oh. And on that note, I think that's the, as good a note as any we have to wrap this thing up. Thank you all so much for having some fun with us today, playing some games. Remember, we're doing these Wednesday afternoon. You want to subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you never miss it. So that if we happen to go a little bit early like we did today because there are three watch parties going on down at the DNVR bar. Well, you don't want to miss it just because the schedule gets thrown off a little bit. So you hit subscribe on YouTube, you hit that bell icon, and then every time we go up, you get a little notification that we've gone live. Same thing for after the games. Always here to chat with you. And also, let us know if you want to try to hit for the cycle next time. Join us in the Discord. Uh, If you think you've got what it takes to come through this trivia machine and maybe not get quite so much help, from the producer next time. Though my, my hint was pretty... I said the guy's name. <laughs> my hint was the guy's actual name. So it's not like I did any better. Uh, uh, other than that, just make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of our written content. You follow everybody on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You get yourself some cool merch, whether it's a shirt, a hat, or a mask to make sure that you're being responsible but still looking cool while you do it. Otherwise, we can only ask that you continue to remain absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to remain absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and super producer Kale and Jay Wire in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. 